The things we cling to, seriously, I ask myself, the things we cling to, we would all do well to pause from time to time and question why we struggle so to let go. Sometimes letting go is the smartest play, if not the easiest play. Sometimes questioning ourselves isn't an easy task, though. Um, Often we're better off with some professional assistance when it comes to questioning ourselves in the form of a mentor, although ideally not one too far removed from our reality. See the next episode. Or a coach or a therapist. Mind you, the first question we really do need to start with, whether it's us alone in a room with a pen and paper or, or with someone else, is what do we want to let go of? What should we be letting go of? You know, Letting go of what? Just before we canceled cable TV in our home, about 20 plus years ago, 25 years ago, uh, along came that first wave of reality TV. Lucky us, exposed to such productive and useful content. Survivor season one, you know, to make us feel lovelorn and at the same time less attractive, although perhaps less crazy as well. Uh, Cops, right? Bad boys, but I'm not going to sing it cops, right, to firmly entrench our views of who exactly fits the profile. Uh, That show probably did a lot of damage to uh, a lot of us as far as, you know, profiling. Hoarders, to make us feel way better about our own levels of personal clutter, right? Um, Hoarders, I think I watched two or three episodes. I just couldn't watch it anymore. But let's talk about hoarding for a second. Hoarding comes in many forms, right? As kids, uh, you know, we call them collections, right? Bottle caps, stamps, comics, graphic novels, sorry, and trading cards, among other things. Depending on how our socioeconomic uh, circumstances evolve, we may morph our collecting, uh, aka hoarding, into such eclectic things as short pieces of string that we might use again. Rocks, junk mail, magazines, newspapers, books, hats, shoes, handbags, sports gear, memorabilia, watches, motorcycles, cars, properties, ex-spouses. That's mainly a guy thing, though, because ladies, you're smart enough you usually get it right the second time. Uh, men, not so much, it seems, statistically. And some of us, uh, we call those people the fortunate people, um, either hoard cash, literally $120,000 down payment in cash under a mattress. True story. A few of you have those stories as well. Uh, Or perhaps money is being hoarded in the form of crypto, bro. Stocks, bonds, or just basic savings in a bank account, which for a long time wasn't doing anything, but now it's actually not doing too bad. All of these things, though, they do kind of fall under the heading hoarding. And depending on how susceptible we are to mass hysteria and maybe how uh, irritable our bowels are, we may from time to time hoard toilet paper of all things, such is the power of the internet. Some of these things we can pass off as collections, for sure. Although when we start assigning entire rooms or entire home or an entire separate building to our habit, well, you know, where do you draw the line? At the end of the day, all of these have one major component in common. And that is that they consume a significant amount of your mental real estate. All these collections consume valuable mental real estate inside your head. 24-7 billions of neurons firing away over a range of topics and considerations around your collection of stuff. And the greater that collection of stuff in both size and in perceived value, the more space it occupies. Anything that we collect 
people. Pardon me. Another thing that we collect, people. Hopefully not literally. Uh, more accurately, relationships. A lot of us collect relationships. Now, some questions around that, right? What sort of relationships are you collecting? Productive and positive ones? Relationships with people who uplift you? Relationships with people who you love and who love you? who People who make you laugh and you make them laugh? Relationships with people who push you to do more? Relationships with people who push you to be better? Relationships with people who believe that you're capable of more than you are. The above are the sort of relationships worth granting some free rent in your head. These are the kind of people you want to think about before you go to sleep at night and you want to wake up in the morning ready to emulate, impress, and set an example of for yourself. Set example of yourself. So what triggered this post? Negativity, a huge dose of it. A phone call led to this post, a call with a broker who mustered significant energy, energy I could hear in his voice, the aggression, like this rough edge, passion, the deep hurt, the long-suffering pain, and really an unrelated history of things unrelated to this client, unrelated to this situation, carried around all ready to amplify this brief instance, this nothing burger, into a seven-course meal even if consuming that meal would mean their own demise. The language used in the call was hateful, utterly hateful. Now, to their credit, they added it themselves when I asked them to, uh, but the story still consumed well over 30 minutes, which I allowed because it seemed a little cathartic for this person, and I genuinely hoped they were going to see the colossal waste of energy and time that this was on so many levels. But the client's race was repeated or was cited, pardon me, the client's race was cited repeatedly. The client's religion was cited repeatedly. The client was labeled with an extreme political banner repeatedly, one that is like statistically highly unlikely. Uh, the client was labeled with a specific derogatory word repeatedly. All of this for what? For what? 73 bucks. 73 bucks. The client felt they shouldn't have had to pay $73 for a transactional item. The client used the word principle in their email on this topic. The broker felt that this $3,770 commission generated wasn't relevant at all to the $73 conversation, which I found interesting. The client suggested filing a complaint with the regulator and the BBB, Better Business Bureau, was going to be the next thing that was going to happen. And the broker kind of weaponized the one word the client used, principles, and turned it around. But why? Well, because this broker's hot injustice button was pushed. It was pushed long, hard, and deeply. A red hot button rooted in decades of unrelated experiences. What a lucky client. What lucky timing. Here's the thing. People who cite their principles as motivations for treating someone else poorly are missing one of the key points to life itself. Principle used in an argumentative and petty way, it doesn't put food on the table. It doesn't generate goodwill. It doesn't generate referrals. It doesn't create happiness for anyone involved. Principles of how we treat others, those are principles that matter. How we are treated doesn't define us. How we treat others, that defines us. And that's probably my key point in all of this. And maybe that's the takeaway. And if I was going to create a little soundbite, you know, for a TikTok, not that I'm on TikTok, there it is, right? 
principles of how we treat others matter. How we are treated doesn't define us, but how we treat others does. I think that's a pretty key point. It's hard to suggest any logic or consistency is being applied in this situation either, and it seems much of it stemmed out of a general sense of discontent. This is just like an unhappy dude. Damn, I was doing so good keeping the 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 sex out of the whole thing here. Anyway, I slipped up. But it did. It seemed to, to stem from this general sense of discontent. Something I often see in people who toss around the P word, principles. Happy isn't a word I would use to describe this person, not based on our 90-minute total conversation. Instead, they kind of came across as somebody just spoiling for a fight thriving under this self-affixed label drawn proudly from a personality test that described them in all caps as disagreeable. And they're hungry for any opportunity to prove how disagreeable they are because they are highly intelligent and capable of being right, even if only technically. Perhaps most concerning was the point of this call. The whole reason I was on the phone with this person was to discuss them potentially joining the brokerage that I preside over. Um, it was their interview. I mean, what do I say, right? Every conversation you have, every interaction in the world that we have is an interview. It's a job interview. Whether we realize it or not, I don't know if they did, although I did point it out quite bluntly. And as we hung up, I was left with a few critical questions to ponder. You know, one of them. But I want this person at a corporate function, a few drinks in potentially, regaling a group of our brokers with how they refused to back down over $73 and they put this person in their place. Not really, no. Uh, what I want them using the language they used with me uh, in front of anyone else. No, no, not at all. Now, is this person a producer? Yes, they are. Are they a leader? Yeah, not in their current form. One out of four, right? One out of four, they 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 score there. Not great. Could they be a leader? Um, I think they could. They, as I said, they are very intelligent and perhaps even open to change. Perhaps. This, I think, depends on what they want to continue collecting. People's heads on a stick or productive lasting relationship. Heads on a stick, that's a them thing right? That serves some need they have in a dark, sad way. Collecting productive, lasting relationships, on the other hand, that serves the community as a whole. It serves their business. It serves their family. And it serves themselves. I mean, you can just hear it in my voice. Collecting productive, lasting relationships will make you a happier human being. And the happier you are, the longer you live, which you're happy about because you're happy. I mean, there's a reason unhappy, grumpy people die sooner because they're okay with that. They're unhappy and grumpy anyway. But, you know, ultimately, what are we here, right? Like you, the viewers and listeners of this podcast, we're a community. We're a community and we're supportive of one another. If you're tuned in, you're part of my community. Some of you correct my typos, which I appreciate. Uh, some of you refer me and I refer to some of you. Mutual appreciation, right? Support. I don't want any of your heads on a stick, not even the ones that flame me once in a while. I don't. Not a single one. I want all of us, if we don't already, to get along. And what's the easiest way to do this? Well, let go of negative relationships. 
stop hoarding negative relationships, start cultivating positive relationships. This broker could have ended the client exchange and really the story with me in 30 seconds. And they might not have actually ended the relationship either. Future referrals, I mean, like travels with like to some extent, but you know, just because you're not getting along with one person, guess what? They still have a big social circle and there could be a whole bunch of people in that social circle you would get along with and you'd love to work with and you could potentially be referred to. And all that could have been done by simply e-transferring $73 instantly without argument, no justification, no whining. Just shut up and eat it. Move on. Let it go. $73 is nothing in the face of this individual's deep six-figure earnings. It's nothing. It's pocket change. They've lost $100 out of their pocket and not even noticed it gone. Instead, by making the $73 molehill into a mountain, by collecting and clinging to this person, clinging to this exchange, and clinging to the negative relationship they're creating with this person, they've given this situation some very expensive mental real estate, and it's costing them in ways they truly don't see. The client is a prominent figure in a small community, and in a credibility contest, this client's profession likely beats the brokers quite handily. So, key point, conflict interrupts profit. So limit the conflict to maximize the profit. To say that properly, I guess I should have said minimize conflict, eliminate it to maximize profit. End any and all conflicts quickly. Don't try to fight wars of attrition with members of your own community or members of your own database. Eat it and move on, onward and upward. In conclusion, perhaps I'll have an opportunity to work with this broker in the future. Maybe there's an evolution of thought on their part, or maybe they're currently living a life of perfection with their current behaviors and style having granted them all they've ever dreamed of. Uh, maybe, but it sure didn't sound like it on that call. Ultimately, be the better human. Thank you.